Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, the Rams are playoff bound. Plus, some tweaks still needed, but we're getting closer. And later, the Rams end the regular season up the coast. And uh, we'll preview the Rams at the 49ers. As we head in, make sure you check out RamsShowcase.com. Uh, for your latest Rams news. I'm going to get more updates on there soon. I, I'm, I'm terrible at running a website. I'll be totally honest, but I also do this bad boy alone. I rock two jobs and, uh, you know, your boy's busy. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Um, but either way, uh, that's also where you snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts. Uh, just click on that merch tab. You can find them all right there. At Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags, where you can follow on socials. But let's go ahead and dive on in. First and foremost, uh, we do get uh, some pro bowlers out of the Los Angeles Rams as quarterback Matthew Stafford, running back Kyron Williams, wide receiver Pukunakua, and defensive lineman Aaron Donald all going to be making the trip to what should be Hawaii, but it is not. It is, I think it's just in Vegas, right? <laughs> uh, which is kind of unfortunate, but uh, it happens. Also, uh, special teams captain Ben Skoranek, Benny Sko the Skoplow. Uh, he is also an alternate for uh, special teams out of the NFC, so that's pretty sweet stuff there as well. And also, I thought that leaping was when you actually touched a player, made any kind of contact with a player, not launching yourself, anything like that, but making contact. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think that Ben Skoranek made contact. That was a sick block, and I still support it. it emotionally, it counted in my heart. <laughs> it counted in my heart, Ben. Okay? That's okay. <laughs> All right, uh, the Los Angeles Rams have clinched a playoff berth under Sean McVay. The Rams have missed the playoffs only twice. That was last year and then uh, the year uh, after losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Uh, so post-Super Bowl, that, uh, that's when the Rams don't do that well. And if the trend continues, well, we won't win the Super Bowl this year, but we will next year. That is kind of the rhythm with Sean McVay. You lose in the playoffs, then you go to the Super Bowl, then the next year you miss. So next year... Place your bets. It's going to be a good time. Also, I just found this out um, as I was kind of just perusing, you know, uh, you know, the Internet as I was at work, as you do. And um, I found out that uh, Sean McVay has now officially reached the postseason as many times as the St. Louis Rams. And I don't say that as a, as a debate to spark up anything St. Louis versus L.A. because I really hate that. Uh, it's all Rams in my mind. Uh, but I did find that rather interesting that uh, over over all that time, uh, five playoff appearances is all the Rams had in the city of St. Louis. And uh, that is now what the Rams have since returning to Los Angeles. So uh, really cool stuff there. And uh, three more now winning seasons than the St. Louis Rams is uh, Sean McVay. So that's pretty cool stuff. And uh, Sean McVay, uh, he has never missed the playoffs in back-to-back -back seasons. So that does continue, which is pretty sweet stuff. And uh, the Rams do clinch a six seed with a win or a Packers loss uh, or a tie in either of those situations. If the Rams tie or the Packers tie, Rams do clinch the six. And the Rams do fall to the seventh seed with a loss and the Packers winning. Both of those things do need to happen uh, because then the Packers would have the tiebreaker over the Rams, meaning that they would get the sixth seed over the Rams, uh, who would fall to seven. And uh, what can be described as the low point of the Rams season, uh, the loss to the Packers, uh, definitely coming into play. So, I would absolutely say that that was the low point of the season. Brett Rippon looked like absolute butt cheeks. Uh, he threw, what, 87 yards or something like that. Um, but uh, who knew that, by the way, like looking back at that game where it's like the Rams were looking terrible right then, uh, the Packers had really not found their groove at that point. So who would have thought that these two teams could be 
wild card teams and uh, going on to the playoffs. That's kind of crazy stuff, right? And then uh, also there's a chance that the Seahawks make the playoffs over the Packers. Uh, some things need to happen for that to, of course, uh, occur initially. But uh, Pack or Seahawks clinch uh, with a win over Arizona and the Packers losing to Chicago. Although there is some weird ways that the Packers can get in, but we'll let the Packers worry about that because uh, we're in. And that's that's really <laughs> that's the most important part. But it feels like the Packers should make it into the playoffs for sure. And then, uh, so we got Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Packers, Bears all will be played at the same time. And uh, playoff pieces will all fall into place right about 4.30 Pacific time. So keep your eyeballs on it, and we'll find out exactly who the Rams opponent will be and what day quickly after that. Or I don't know if they'll wait for the night game to end, but that's an AFC thing. So we actually might get the NFC matchups beforehand. So we'll see. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah, so we, we'll at least know who the opponent is. That's a good thing. But it'll either be Detroit, Philadelphia, or Dallas. So a lot of, uh, lot of options going on there. Uh, let's head into some transactions quickly, as uh, the Rams did wave kicker Lucas Havrasik uh, after he went 2-4 uh, of four on extra points against the Giants. Those two points could have been what the Rams lost by if Mason Crosby hit that kick at the end which just, it just can't happen. You can't miss two extra points like that. In a game at the end of the season, uh, the way the Rams played, like one of their worst, probably it was definitely their worst game post bye week and still came away with the win. That just gave me a lot of confidence. And I know that a lot of Rams fans are kind of like, like, oh, it didn't even feel like a win. First of all, what? <laughs> and second of all, uh, the, the fact that the, like the Stafford had some of those throws that you're like, dude, what are you doing? And then, just a couple of bad defensive plays and stuff like that. And just, just having all around what felt like a pretty rough day and still won the game. That's a, that's so sick, dude. (laughs) If we did that, if we had a game like that in like, I feel like in any against anybody else, probably gotten smoked. I don't know, but at the same time did enough to get the win. And I I saw somebody post something of like, it doesn't even feel like a win. It's like, like we didn't deserve to win. It's like, well, we scored more points than opponent. So I'm pretty sure that literally qualifies as deserving to win the game. Because the name of the game is points. And if you look at everything down the list, I think we outgained them by like two yards. Like every single statistic, the Rams were just barely above the Giants, including the score as a one-point game. So I absolutely love to see it. But also, by the way, what a middle finger that would have been from Mason Crosby if he hit that kick to beat us, right? He'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, does your kicker suck? Oh, do you, do you wish you had somebody else? <laughs> yeah, so that would have been, that would have not been cool. Uh, moving on here to the standings in the NFC West, your uh, Los Angeles Rams sitting in second place right now with nine and seven behind the San Francisco 49ers who sit at 12 and four in first place have clinched the division. Of course, Seattle Seahawks at eight and eight and the Arizona Cardinals sitting at four and 12. Your playoffs right now, your uh, let's see here. So the, the San Francisco 49ers sitting at the number one seed. They have clinched the number one seed. So not really playing for much against the Rams this weekend. Dallas is uh, sitting in the two spot right now with an 11 and five record. They have clinched the playoffs and will win with a, uh, or will clinch the division with a win or an Eagles loss, either or. Detroit Lions sitting at 11 and five. They have, of course, clinched their division. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a fight for the NFC South. They are sitting at eight and eight, but Tampa Bay, New Orleans, or Atlanta could uh, take that four spot. At number five right now is the Philadelphia Eagles at 11-5. They win the NFC East with a win and a Dallas Cowboys loss. The Los Angeles Rams at 9-7. and seven. 
it will clinch uh, the sixth seed with a win or a Packers loss and do go to the seventh seed with a loss and a Packers win. Green Bay Packers uh, win and in. This is officially playoff time for the Green Bay Packers, although there are scenarios where they can lose and still get in, but win and in. Just take care of your business. The other game's going on at the same time, so you can't really score watch or know going into the game that you don't really need it or anything like that. But uh, they do also, like I said, clinch the sixth seed with a win and a Rams loss. And the Seattle Seahawks right now sitting just on the outside at 8-8. Eight and eight, They do clinch the seventh seed with a win and a Packers loss. So uh, there's also some other scenarios for the Seattle Seahawks, actually. But you know what? I don't think they're going to make it. So <laughs> just like put it bluntly, I just don't think they do it. All right, we're going to go ahead and keep on rolling. No break time right now. We're going to keep on going to this game preview. The Los Angeles Rams sitting at 9-7, and seven, heading up the coast to take on the San Francisco 49ers, who right now sit at 12-4. and four. This game kicks off at Levi Stadium, 1.25 p.m. Pacific time. Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth will be in the booth with Christina Pink on the sideline. Let's see if I can pull up the betting here real quick. Uh, let's see. And we're going to... We're stalling. Let's see here. It's loading. Dismiss that. I don't need to log in right now. And let's find the NFL. This is riveting stuff, right? Let's see here. Okay, so the Rams are plus four right now, uh, plus 166 on the money line. The over-under sitting right now at 41 and a half. These are all the uh, FanDuel sportsbook numbers. Uh, so if you're a better man, I, I you know what? And that's such a toss-up because we get Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz this week. All right, so we know that uh, the Rams are sitting some starters. We also know that the 49ers are start sitting some starters. We also know that it's not impossible that these teams meet again. So chances that we see like in-depth game planning and crazy stuff happen, pretty slim, actually. I think that this is very much for both teams. Just get in, get out healthy. That it, it feels like the vibe from both perspectives is like both teams just don't want to screw themselves heading into the postseason. We both know that we're there. We both know that we're good. So let's just, let's just, let's just prove it there. We don't need to prove anything in this week. Unless like Carson Wentz wants to go off or something like that, that's fine. Or if Sam Darn, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, to know that we could play this team in two more weeks, you know, we could, we could go to Detroit and then go to San Fran. Like that's totally reasonable and realistic. Uh, then chances are we're just not going to see a lot of heavy game planning uh, in this game. But uh, 49ers clinched number one. Rams clinched the playoff berth. And uh, this game almost had a lot more intense playoff implications. But, of course, the NFC West assist from the Arizona Cardinals gave the 49ers the top seed as uh, they did uh, defeat the Philadelphia Eagles last week. The Cardinals out of nowhere. And also the Eagles, all of a sudden, they, they're terrible? I don't know, man. That's crazy. It's crazy that we're, that we're getting to the playoffs and, like, the Rams are super hot. The Packers are getting hot right now, but the Eagles are terrible. Like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. But uh, plus, if the Rams uh, lose in what was a one-point game, then they would be fighting for a playoff spot right now uh, with the Packers and the Seahawks. So I'll take it. And uh, with both knowing uh, with a little more clarity what uh, what what post-Week 18 will look like, I think this matchup just kind of, it really has just turned into a, a stay-healthy kind of game. Take a look at the matchup of this game, and uh, we got the Rams offense against the 49ers defense. And uh, I didn't write down any three to see, so we're going to go off the dome for those. All right, so we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so Rams offense ranks sixth right now, putting up uh, just about 380 a game, which is awesome. And then the 49ers defense is seventh in the NFL, about 325 a game. 
passing the football. The Rams are eighth in the league, about 244, and uh, 49ers defense is 15th in the league against the pass, putting up a little, giving up a little over 218 a game. Running the ball, the Rams are a top 10 unit, putting uh, 121 uh, rushing yards up a game, and uh, 49ers defense, they're tied for third, 88 and a half is what they give up a game. Points being scored, 23.9 for the Rams. Uh, on average, that is tied for eighth, and the 49ers defense giving up 17.3. That is second in the NFL. Rams offense uh, hit a bit of a speed bump last week, but it doesn't feel like one of those defining games. It doesn't feel like that's something that we can we can look at and say, like, oh, this is what the Rams are now, and, and, and just in time for the playoffs, Matthew Stafford can't hit guys. You know, like, I just don't feel like that's, that's real. Uh, the Rams in early kickoff games on the East Coast, not always great. Baltimore was a bit of a, an anomaly there, and I think that, that part of that was just like knowing how good the Ravens were, wanting to go into that game not, and not get embarrassed. I think that, that was a big part of it, and then obviously pushed it to overtime, which is really cool. And on what would have been the fourth possession uh, over overtime, of course, that gets taken back. So great game, obviously. So, um, But uh, yeah, that's that, that Baltimore game, I, I, I kind of removed that from the early kickoff East Coast situations <laughs> that the Rams have dealt with because it just hasn't been good, honestly. Um, but I just don't think it means that the Rams offense is completely like stalling out or that Stafford is now done. If anything, it's kind of nice to get an offensive game like that out of the way. And now we can kind of be like, oh, okay, crap, we can't, we're not just going to roll every single week with, you know, no thoughts to it or anything like that. We're like, we're going to be okay. So um, yeah, I would say that uh, it just doesn't feel defining to me the, how the Rams played against the Giants. It doesn't feel like that's something that we should take too serious and kind of overreact to. Uh, three to see. Again, we're going off the dome here. Obviously, we're going to start with Carson Wentz, uh, who has not thrown a pass for the Los Angeles Rams and joins what is kind of, I, I was talking about this earlier with somebody, uh, kind of an interesting little situation here as the Rams now will have had both the one and two picks on their roster from the 2016 draft. But if you remember, Chris Long and Jake Long were one and two in that draft. Um, we eventually had both of them at, at different times. Uh, you can also look at, um, oh man, who, who am I thinking of now? All of a sudden it's gone. Oh man, I had the comment too. I was so confident. Oh yeah, uh, and Dominic and Sue um, and uh, Sam Bradford. So obviously we drafted Sam Bradford. Detroit took Sue uh, second overall. And then of course, we did have Sue in the Super Bowl against the uh, New England Patriots. So it's not the first time we've uh, we've <laughs> kind of like just taken over the top of a draft. Uh, we've definitely done that before as uh, even going back to St. Louis with uh, Jake Long. I remember that signing. I was so excited. Didn't work out. And then it was like, oh, he's just terrible on turf. And it's like, what? Well, he's just he's just bad on turf. How about you just be good at football? Like no matter what, because you're a professional. So get better on turf, bro. <laughs> Either way, but um, yeah, moving on to uh, next on the three to see Carson Wentz. He's kind of in there. I again, I I, I don't know if I actually said it. It's, I just have zero expectations, um, and not that that's supposed to be positive or negative. I am neutral as far as my expectations go of Carson Wentz. I don't think he's going to do great, but I don't know if he's going to do poorly. I I I'm so lost. I have zero expectations. I I think I'm just going into it, just being like, well, let's see. Let's just see, because we don't have to know ahead of time. If if you want to say like, oh, it's going to go great, and then he does great, that's awesome. You get to say, hey, I told you he was going to do great. That's cool for you. And then if you say he's going to do terrible, and then he does terrible, then you also going to be like, yeah, see, it sucked, and I was right. Cool. I don't know what that does for anybody, except for you get to tell people that you were right. 
that doesn't pay any bills. So I don't know. But uh, either way, I, I just I'm, I'm kind of just curious to see what if what if Carson Wentz comes in and looks good enough to, you know, be, get uh, get an extension. Maybe he's back next year. Maybe. Maybe he looks so bad that he gets the Brett Rippon treatment and he's not even here next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because Brett Rippon really showed us it was like, if Matthew Stafford goes down, we are not going to win another game if Brett Rippon is the, is the backup. Maybe that's something we see with Carson Wentz, which is kind of perfect to see this as we get into the playoffs. Because if we leave this game thinking that, like, if Matthew Stafford goes down, we can't trust this guy, then we can make moves. So I actually like that he's playing for that reason. But also, I have no interest in seeing Carson Wentz play for the Rams. Unless it's a situation like this where it's like, well, we don't need Stafford to get, you know, hurt or anything like that. So, like, yeah, it's fine. That's kind of where I stand on the Carson Wentz deal. Just kind of lay that out there. Next up on the three to see, I'm going to go ahead and package this one with uh, Royce Freeman, Rolls Royce, and Mr. Ribaz. Because I think that those guys will do awesome together, man. Um, Obviously, we know that the offense is vastly different and so much better when Kyron Williams is on the field. But uh, we're going to save him for the playoffs. So guaranteed, Matthew Stafford, Kyron Williams, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, they are good for the playoffs because, well, unless they get hurt in practice or something like that, I'll knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, at least we know that those guys are going to be good. So that's, uh, that's something there. But Royce Freeman, I like Royce Freeman. I like Ronnie Rivers. So I'm excited to see them kind of split, split some carries this week. I'm sure we'll see um, some action from Zach Evans as well. I'm sure we'll see a lot of those, uh, those young guys uh, this week, a lot of our rookies that maybe haven't been active that much, I'm sure we'll get a lot of playing time out of those guys. And my final on the three to see, let's just go ahead and give it to Puka Nakua because, uh, well, dude's going to be breaking records and we are going to watch history this weekend as we will watch him become the greatest rookie wide receiver this league has ever seen. And uh, moving on to uh, the other side of the football here. We got the Rams defense going head to head against the 49ers offense. 49ers offense, uh, quite powerful this year as they are second in the NFL, putting up about 416 a game. Rams defense in 19th, giving up about 356 a game. Passing the football, second in the NFL for the 49ers as well. That's 263.1. Rams defense, 24th against the pass, 234.6 given up. Running the football, third in the NFL for the 49ers, uh, 141.5, and the Rams are uh, 12th in the league, putting up uh, or giving up 105.7. Points per game, the 49ers are tied for third, putting up just under 30. They're 29.4, and the Rams defense gives up 22.3. That is 19th in the NFL. The only thing, because I'm not going to sit here and just try to, like, bash anybody. I'm not about that life, anything like that. Um, the only thing that I'll say about this Brock Purdy stuff is that um, if, if every single one of your throws goes to a wide-open guy, maybe it's the scheme. And that's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm here to say is that maybe it's more scheme than anything that if you're if everybody if every time you throw a football to somebody, there's no one within 10 yards of them. You're not making those crazy like I, I point to the to the throw that Matthew Stafford had to Demarcus Robinson where somebody's pulling on his shoulder. He's pulling him to the ground and he's also trying to swipe the ball and barely fits it in there to Demarcus Robinson. I don't think Brock Purdy is capable of that. I really don't. And I'm not here to just bash on Brock Purdy and think that, like I said, that's really not my style. But I would be very curious to see him in a different offense. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but uh, other than that, though, uh, the Rams defense does feel pretty boomer bust at this point. Uh, either they make a great play or they get totally burned. So I would like to see some more consistency there. But uh, also, I think it's, a, it's worth noting that in the Rams Super Bowl run, we entered the postseason with some of the same question marks on defense. And in those postseason games, 
This defense was incredible. This defense was aggressive. They were fast. They were flying around. And they were not giving up the same exact stuff that they were giving up just weeks before in the regular season. So uh, I think that is something to consider when we look at the fact that we still have the same coaches. We still have Sean McVay running the offense and Raheem Morris running the defense. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say that this defense will turn it up in the playoffs. Uh, But also there's that huge wild card of uh, this being a young team. And uh, you get to the playoffs and it's a different ball game. Uh, The cuts are a little sharper. The hits are a little harder. The the throws are a little bit tighter. Uh, You know, the, 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 the jamming at the line on the on the wide receivers is just a little bit more aggressive, you know, stuff like that, man. So uh, it took the the Rams youth uh, until the bye week to really pull themselves together and start playing some really good football. And if there's a learning curve in the playoffs, it could be a quick exit. So I would like to see this team kind of get in there and and get that intensity up. The positive there, it's like I said, also with the Rams coaching staff being the same, we got Sean McVay, we got Raheem Morris, we got a lot of veteran coaches out here. And also the leadership group, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones, Jordan Fuller, guys who were here in that Super Bowl run that can let those young guys know of like, hey, it's going to get more intense now. And especially if like we're going to a Detroit where those fans are hungry, that team too, they missed the playoffs last year. They want it. So yeah, you got to go into that game knowing that they're going to give you everything that they've got. They want to, they don't want to just win a playoff game. They want the Super Bowl. And they know that if you, you know, round one, if uh, the Rams are sitting in your way, that they'll, they're, they're probably willing to do anything to beat this team. And I think that we're more talented. So I do think that the Rams could win that game. Absolutely. I mean, we can worry about that when we get to there, but the point stands that the playoffs are more intense and it took this Rams young team until the bye week to pull themselves together. If there is another learning curve there, that does make me a little bit nervous. That's all. Uh, just because it's a young team. Uh, but with the 49ers expected to, to sit some starters, the Rams are sitting some starters as well. Uh, Rams, or uh, excuse me, the 49ers offense will likely, um, likely try to, like, they'll probably be pretty boring, honestly. Like, like I said, there's not going to be a whole lot of game planning as far as, like, trying to really just get and confuse the other team. It's, it's probably going to be a lot like, let's just run our efficient plays and try to move the ball down the field kind of thing. Uh, because... Like I said, we might be this. This could be the matchup in a couple of weeks. We could uh, the 49ers will be off next week, of course, um, but the, they could be hosting the Rams in back-to-back games at uh, Levi Stadium. That is absolutely possible. So we'll see uh, how that all goes. Three to C on the defensive side of the football here. Uh, we're gonna go with Kobe Turner because I think that another big uh, a big performance out of Kobe Turner. I think would. Well, I think that that leads to a um a defensive rookie of the year, and it, it, we were we've kind of been not talking about Kobe Turner being part of a defensive rookie of the year conversation. But you look at his numbers compared to some of the other rookies who are right in the conversation as well. He's having a better season than them, and also he was picked way later. So I think that absolutely has to be considered. And also another reason why I think Puka Nakua gets it over C.J. Stroud is because like C.J. Stroud is supposed to be good. Puka Nakua, I mean, we didn't know, like, nobody knew that he was going to be this good. You know what I mean? So there's all that part as well. So um, I would say we're going to start on the three to C with Kobe Turner. I think that's totally reasonable. As far as next up, I'm going to go with Christian Roseboom with Ernest Jones not playing. Uh, Roseboom, who we got to see on Rams Revealed. It was super cool, even though he looked rather uninterested. I <laughs> love Christian Roseboom, so it was really cool to see. Although, like I said, he did. It looked like he did not care. <laughs> he did not want to be there. Uh, but either way, cool guy. I think he's awesome. But uh, 
I, I think the, I, I don't know if he's going to green dot. I would assume that Jordan Fuller is going to green dot for this game because he's not uh, being uh, sat in this one. So, um, uh, but either way, Christian Roseboom filling in for uh, Ernest Jones. He did a great job in that game that uh, Jones did miss. So I'm excited to see what uh, Roseboom can do. And I think he, he's another guy that kind of like he's kind of grown in like within the system because he was a special teams guy. Now he's a starting linebacker. So that's really cool. That progression is really cool to kind of see it uh, it all unfold. So we got Kobe Turner, we got Christian Roseboom, and then uh, you know what? Give me Darian Kendrick because this is the final opportunity for Darian Kendrick to 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 showcase himself in the regular season. Because it, like if he doesn't do well in this game, and maybe he doesn't do that great in the uh, in the playoff games, then uh, he's probably not a starter next year. And I think that I don't think that that's too crazy to say, but I I think that um, I I mean. It's well-documented. I like Darian Kendrick. I think he's awesome. Uh, I think he's extremely talented, but I think he's very risky. <laughs> I think he takes a lot of risks, and uh, he, it does it does burn him. But at the same time, that also happened to Jalen Ramsey. No one ever complained about when he got burned. So um, I, I realize that, uh, that your name and the, the plays that you make allow you to uh, give up a play without getting totally ripped apart by your fan base. But at the same time, I mean... I think that when he's at his best, he's incredible. And it's just about getting him at his best and keeping him there. Because uh, Akello Witherspoon on the on the other side has had his ups and downs. He's had incredible games. He's had kind of okay games. Um, Kobe Turn or excuse me, Kobe Durant. So many Kobe's out here. Um, uh, Kobe Durant, I think, is incredible too. Uh, but he seems like he was better last year. He seemed faster and more um, more ball hockey. Is that a word? <laughs> Uh, than uh, than he is this year. So there's a lot of moving pieces in the secondary right now, and they're still learning together. They're still they're still young. I mean, I think that's a thing too that people kind of forget about. Like Darren Kendrick, he's a first time starter. <laughs> like this is his first year starting. He's a second year player. Like he didn't get a lot of reps last year. So like he's still just learning in in the NFL and stuff like that. And uh, this experience is is invaluable. So we'll go with that. Kobe Turner, uh, Christian Roseboom, and Darian Kendrick for your three to see on the defensive side of the football. Now, let's go ahead and dive into our milestones because there's a lot of stuff to watch for here. And uh, Matthew Stafford, I would say most of these probably not going to hit um, this week, <laughs> but he does need 977 passing yards to move into the top 10 all time. Needs 10 passing touchdowns to move into the top 10 all time. Needs 35 passing yards to have his 10th 4,000 passing yard season in his career, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, of course, oh, actually, you know what? I'm saying all this stuff like he's going to play. <laughs> he's not, so he's not going to hit any of these, actually. Um, one passing touchdown to have his seventh 25 uh, touchdown passing season. Uh, but yeah, he's also not going to hit that. Tyler Higby needs two receiving touchdowns to pass Robert Woods for 14th most in franchise history on the season. Big Rig Higgs is sitting at uh, 495 uh, as far as yards and two touchdowns. So it's definitely possible. We'll see what happens. Uh, Cooper Cup will not be playing in this game, but does need 27 receptions to pass Henry Ellard for third most in franchise history. So we'll have to wait till next year for that. Uh, postseason does not count. And uh, Aaron Donald also not playing in this game. Does need three sacks to move into the top 25 and one forced fumble to pass Derek Brooks and become tied for 43rd most in franchise history. Let's look at some guys who, well, actually one more of a guy who's not playing is uh, Ernest Jones, who just just break a record. Uh, the most tackles in a single season in Rams history. And uh, he did pass James Laurinaitis, who did that uh, twice. <laughs> He's, he sits at two and three now, James Laurinaitis. 
Uh, but Ernest Jones sitting at number one, man. Super cool to see Ernest Jones has had one hell of a year. And this goes all the way back to his very first press conference in training camp when they were asking him, reporters were asking him, he's got his big old poofy hair out there, and they're asking him of like, what do you think about this team being so young and ex- inexperienced? And he's like, we got dogs, I don't care. He's like, we're out here to play, man. Like, And just his whole vibe was like, it was like, oh no, Ernest Jones is going to go off this year. Like, I And I remember talking about it on Ram Showcase. I remember talking about it with with Peo and Ram's house. It's like, no, Ernest Jones is going to go, he's going to go nuts. <laughs> like, sorry about it, everybody else in the NFL, because uh, Ernest Jones is about to murder your team. So, and he did. That's awesome, right? Uh, and then uh, Puka Nakua, the very well-documented, 29 receiving yards to break the record for most receiving yards by a rookie in league history. Rookie set by Bill Groman in 1960. My parents weren't even alive. <laughs> uh, needs four receptions to break the record for most receptions by a rookie in league history. That is currently held by Jalen Waddell. And uh, sure, CJ Stroud, he's having an awesome year. But we've seen what he's doing before. What Puka Nakua is doing is having the best season a wide receiver has ever had in his rookie year. The best rookie season for a wide receiver in NFL history. This is unbelievable we're seeing out of Puka Nakua. Absolutely. It also needs 55 yards to hit 1,500 on the season. And uh, right now, Puka tied for first on the Rams with a 14.3 yards per catch average. Tied with Demarcus Robinson. Wide receiver Tutu Atwell needs 24 yards to hit 500 on the year. And uh, the reason that I highlight that is because his previous career high, just 298. So Tutu Atwell definitely improving and heading in the, the proper direction. His trajectory is in the correct direction for sure. Some history in this matchup. Uh, the 49ers do lead the all-time series 78, 68, and 3. The 49ers have won uh the last nine regular season uh meetings between these two teams but of course the rams did win that nfc championship game which i think is pretty important and uh the first ever game between these two came on october 1st of 1950 and that was a 35 to 14 win by the la rams and the rams won uh what is that let's see here uh five of the first six against the uh, 49ers so Obviously, uh, there's been some different stretches in here with some very big streaks, you know, the 70s, like late 60s into the, uh, I guess it's early 70s for the Rams. Then you get, you know, the the 90s, of course, with the 49ers going on that big streak there. So uh, definitely some 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 ups and downs in this uh, (laughs) in this series for sure. Some connections here. So we have former Rams who are currently on the 49ers. We have defensive pass game specialist and Nichols coach extremely specific nick Sorensen, uh he was a player for the rams 2001 2002 um yeah nichols coach i don't know if i've heard that before that's extremely specific like like hey get away from my outside guys <laughs> you coach those those innards in there you know uh then we have a quarterback brandon allen he was with the rams from 2017 to 2018 and a newly acquired nose tackle sebastian joseph day sjd was with the Rams from uh, 18 to 21. So both Super Bowl years for the Rams. And um, now he's on the other side. So now he can get wrecked. <laughs> and uh, we have former 49ers who are on the Rams. Secondary coach Chris Beak. He was uh, with, uh, uh, he was there in San Fran, 98 to 03. And then again in 2010, those are all different roles. Wide receiver coach Eric Yarber. Yarbs, big fan of Yarbs. I absolutely love that guy. Uh, 03 to 04, he was with the Niners. Offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, 17 to 20 
He was out there. He was the passing game coordinator and wide receiver coach uh, in 17 and 18, and then uh, dropped the wide receiver coach, just became the passing game coordinator, uh, and that was uh, 2019 to 2020. Akella Witherspoon played for the Niners from 2017 to 2020, and then Coleman Shelton was there in uh, 2018. Some NFL connections, Christian Roseboom and Demarcus Robinson, they played in Kansas City, uh, excuse me, with uh, defensive back Charvarius Ward. That uh, both happened in uh, 20, 2021, but uh, Robinson only was uh, from uh, 2018 to 2020. So they had some good time together, but uh, Roseboom was uh, 2021 alone. Or whoa. Is that right? I don't, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Raheem Morris coached in Tampa Bay and Atlanta with 49ers head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay, Raheem Morris, Jake Peets, and Aubrey Pleasant coached in Washington with Kyle Shanahan, Chris Forrester, uh, Leonard Hankerson, and Daryl Tapp. Also, uh, Trent Williams played uh, under that staff as well, who's uh, the 49ers left tackle. So uh, some connections in this game, or uh, some college connections in this one. Uh, we have Jake Hummel and Zach Van Valkenburg, who I believe has now been cut, maybe. Uh, he's on the list either way. Uh, but uh, they played at Iowa State with quarterback Brock Purdy. Bit of a reunion there. Ernest Jones and Keir Thomas played at Carolina with Debo Samuel and Javon Kinlaw. Brian Allen and A.J. Arcuri played at Michigan State with long snapper Tabor Pepper. Long snapper news, hell yeah. And uh, Ben Skoranek and Kyron Williams both played at Notre Dame with Aaron Banks. Alaric Jackson, A.J. Jackson played at Iowa with George Kittle. Jordan Fuller played at Ohio State with Nick Bosa. Deswan Johnson played at Toledo with Samuel Womack II. Logan Bruss and Rob Havenstein each caught one year at Wisconsin with tight end Troy Fumagalli. Eric Yarber coached with the 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes at Washington in 20, uh, 2005. And uh, Pukunakua played with Corey Luciano at Washington. That happened uh, 2019 to 2020. That is your game preview. We get the Rams and the 49ers. It's rivalry week. But uh, the unfortunate part is uh, all the steam is officially out of this game as uh, both teams pretty much locked in on uh, what's going to be going on after this game. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird to go into a game against the 49ers where like it doesn't really matter. And I also kind of don't care. And I, I don't say that to say like I don't care for the Rams. I want the Rams to win this game. But if they lose, I'm not going to be like throwing stuff. All right. It's going to be like, oh, well, playoff time. <laughs> you know, that helps a lot when uh, you're talking about rivals. When uh, winning or losing the game means you're still just a wild card team and you're going to play next week against not them. So who cares? Like, you know, it's one of those things. That's kind of how I feel about this, uh, this matchup. It's, it's just, it's odd. That is all. It's odd that, um, that we're in a situation where we have our biggest rival. This is the first time a Rams 49ers game hasn't meant anything really at all. Um, in quite some time. So the fact that it, it it is this way, a little relieving at the same time, kind of sucks because, well, it's a good thing they added that uh, that extra game, huh? That extra game every week that we get. <laughs> every year now, we get to have a terrible week 18 because most things are locked up by week 17. Thanks, NFL. So uh, it's, a, it's a part of the oversaturation, I think. We don't need to, we don't need more. We don't need more days of NFL. We don't need more weeks of NFL. That's kind of what makes it so great is that we get like, what, 52 hours a year that the Rams play football? Unless they go to the playoffs, then we're at least locked in for (laughs) 55-ish. Like, I mean, come on. We don't need more of that, though. 
And so it makes it so special. It's, there's so many hours in the year, and we only get to watch the Rams for about 50 of them. So that's what that's what makes it awesome. If, it, if that climbs up to like 200, then a uh, little bit a little bit less special. That's why nobody cares if their baseball team loses. <laughs> it's like, oh, we play again tomorrow against the same team, and then the next day against the same team. So who cares? <laughs> Okay, that's going to do it for uh, the game preview on the other side of this break, uh, or first break, actually. Hell yeah. Uh, we got our fan quesos. Got some doozies in this one, so you're going to want to hang around. It's right here at Ram Showcase. All right, let's go ahead and dive into our fan quesos. If you would like to drop your fan quesos, you can do that uh, every week. I post it on the Ram Showcase uh, Facebook page. We also post it on uh, the community tab on the Ram Showcase YouTube channel, which I realize is uh, somewhat inactive right now. Uh, but it won't be forever, that's for sure. So uh, we'll get back to that uh, in due time. But speaking of the YouTube channel, let's uh, check those comments first. We'll go ahead and start with Rams House wants to know, how many more years will McVay coach for us? I know it's not a year-by-year -year question anymore, but just cur curious uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I actually, I really like that this is no longer <laughs> like a going to be, or we're not expecting it, I guess, to be a question that just like comes up every off season that like, Oh, well, Sean McVay though, he's going to retire or he's going to the booth or whatever. Um, but I would say that I, I think he's kind of locked in right now. I think that, you know, coming off of last year, I think that uh, ultimately everybody was kind of like, this was not fun, <laughs> you know, like, especially after the run that the Rams had had, and then you win five games in a year and you know, you end up starting four different quarterbacks, your offensive lines, a total mess. You're just like, you're starting, you're signing guys and starting them and stuff like that. And that's not fun for anybody. So I think that's where a lot of that um, that stuff came from. And you also got to think for like a guy like Aaron Donald. He's like, why, why, like, why am I killing myself <laughs> playing this game uh, to win five games in a year? So I think that all kind of plays into it. But I would say that um, I am confident that he's going to be around uh, for many years. Honestly, I, I, I don't think that he's going to be gone uh, anytime soon. So I would say minimum five more uh, makes total sense to have uh, Sean McVay uh, be the Rams coach. Good question. Next one here coming from Payo Time. What was your reaction when the Rams signed Mike Sims Walker back in the day? Dang, dude, Payo with the throwback. Um, I was pumped about this, man. I liked Mike Sims Walker when he was uh, with the Jags. Uh, so him coming to the Rams was very exciting. I remember there was one play that he had. I don't remember the opponent or the year, uh, but I do remember him getting a touchdown catch that was rather dramatic um, uh, when in his time with the Rams. That was a long time ago. Um, but I, I was excited, man. But also, I was excited when, like, uh, when we signed, like, Al Harris. <laughs> I was excited uh, when we signed Jarius Norwood <laughs> and Cadillac Williams. So, my excitement levels uh, aren't very telling of the, uh, <laughs> of the truth or how much of an impact a player may or may not have. So, uh, there's that part. Uh, Rams House wants to know, what would it be like sharing a room with Carson Wentz? Oof, dude, I don't know because I don't really know Carson Wentz that well. Um, I would guess, based on what I do know from Carson Wentz, that it probably is not very cool. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that would just probably just like put on headphones, but you could still hear what he's playing a little too loudly. I feel like so, uh, like like <laughs> Carson Wentz. I feel like he lacks like like um, and this may not may or may not be true. I I don't want to like put any evil onto Carson Wentz here, but like. I feel like he lacks those social cues of like, when you're ready for bed, he'd be like still doing something. You're like, hey man, do you mind like <laughs> shutting up or shutting a light off or something like that? And he'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, I, why? Like, what is this bothering you? Like, I feel like he'd be that guy. I don't know. Anybody who shows up to a Washington football team press conference wearing what he wore, 
what was it like a gold jacket and like a red shirt or something like dude <laughs> i don't know probably uh i'd probably get annoyed that's what i'll say <laughs> next one here from ram's house uh you think that the rams pull back uh a bit from the rebrand in the next couple of years like maybe take away the gradient numbers name tag on the front etc um, I actually, my very first thought, I'll be honest here, my very first thought when seeing the tag on the front of the jersey that was off to the side was, uh, it was like, oh, they're conditioning our brains to eventually accept advertisements on jerseys. Like, that was literally my first thought was like, okay, yeah, the NFL is going to start putting on weird, like, branded patches right now um, in order to get our brains used to seeing something weird on the jerseys. So that when there was like a Best Buy or an Ikea patch on the Rams jersey, I use those because of their colors. That, uh, like, it wouldn't jump out to us. We wouldn't be like, what the, what is going on on these jerseys? You know what I mean? Because, like, and nobody said, like, and I realize there's at least one person right now hearing me say that. And they're like, that's so stupid. Why would we ever do that? I don't want to buy a jersey. You know, the NBA has been doing that for a long time. So, NHL does it. Like, um, yeah, they, they they do a helmet stuff. Like, I know the uh, the abs will wear ball on their helmets instead of a logo anymore. Their own logo. So, I mean, stuff like that. But, as far as like the the rebrand goes, I always expected this to be pulled back eventually. Uh, the gradient numbers for sure, and I and I point to teams like the Bucks, the Jaguars, the Browns, uh, these teams that did a rebrand and went very heavy, got a little bit of pushback, but like people still liked it and stuff like that, and so they pulled back just a little bit. Like the Jags stopped doing that stupid two tone helmet and stuff like that. The Bucks changed their numbers to not look so cavemanish. Um, the Browns took away the, like it's saying, just Cleveland all super huge on the front, like it's a, like a high school jersey. So, uh, yeah, I've always expected that that would go away eventually. That seems to be a trend, is that you go too far and then you come back just a little bit. So I do think that in some time here, we will see these uniforms looking a lot more closely uh, resembling what uh, the, the classic throwback uh, vibe is like. Next from Rams House, uh, who scores the first touchdown this week for the Rams? Um, I'm going to go with Mr. Ribaz, Ronnie Rivers, man. I'm going to, I'm going to think that he gets a, a good chunk of playing time. Obviously I know that him and Royce Freeman will be splitting the carries, uh, but it makes sense to me that, uh, Mr. Rivers getting it in there. Right. And, uh, I wonder what the, the, uh, what the, what the odds are on Rivers scoring first touchdown. Man, I'll have to put some dollar bills on that because that, uh, that sounds cool. Uh, next one here. Uh, who's your favorite commentating crew? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I would say that I have one. Let me take a peek here at, um, if I still have the page open. If I don't, then I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I do not. Um, so I was going to try to pull up the, uh, page of, uh, of the, the distribution maps and see, uh, see what the other, the other crews were. Uh, I don't really pay attention to the, to the commentators that much, honestly. Um, I do know that I, I really like Kirk Herbstreet, but I don't like him in the NFL. I like him in college. Uh, but the way he was, you know, just the way, I don't know, there's something about him calling the Rams game against the Saints that I was like, I don't like this guy, <laughs> you know. Um, and I would say I've I've kind of grown out of my hatred for most people, like, or like, um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hate when we have this guy on, or Mark Sanchez sucks, it's like, it's like whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I just want the Rams to win, I don't care who's telling me what's happening, <laughs> you know. And I'm at the bar, it's loud, I'm drinking beers, I really care, so. Um, but I would say, like, I mean, obviously, like your real genuine classics. I still think Al Michaels is killing it. I know that uh, there's been some mixed reviews on him this year and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm trying to think of um, like main play-by-play guys that I actually really like. Adam Amin, who we get this week. I, I like him. Uh, I think he does a really, really good job. Uh, so that's 
something I really like when uh, it's I know it's it's rare because it's a CBS crew, but uh, when Adam Archuleta's on it, that's really cool. I like I like his uh, his input. It's good stuff. That's a tough question though, man. Um, but I would ultimately say that I don't really know. <laughs> uh, next one here come from Payo Time. If the Rams won the Super Bowl this year, who do you predict gets the game winning touchdown? I think that everybody in the world thinks it's going to Cooper Cup, and that's exactly why I'm saying Puka Nakua, man. The Pro Bowler, Puka Nakua. That is so sick, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's um, I, I would say there's, I know mean, ultimately I'll say I'll be I'll be honest here, Peo, and I think that you know what's coming here is I don't really care. <laughs> but if I'm making a pick, I am going to say that a lot of attention is going to go over to Cooper Cup, and I would say that Puka Nakua probably probably get an eyeball off of him for just enough time to uh, create enough space for uh. Mr. Stafford to hit him. Uh, and Peo says, uh, who are some of your favorite reporters uh, that are at the Rams press conferences? Ooh, that's, um, that's a good question, actually. Um, I would say that ultimately they, uh, I don't like that they, <laughs> that they started miking uh, the reporters because then you get to hear how dumb those questions are. And so like, it was kind of funny that like you hear, like all this stuff, I was always wanting to hear what the questions were. I was always like, oh man, we can't hear the questions. But it's like, now I just have more of an appreciation for guys like, like uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay to answer their questions in a way that uh, gives coherent information when their question was absolutely ridiculous. So I would say I have more respect now <laughs> for Sean McVay and his communication skills and him being able to take what is blatantly just a bogus question and making it actually relevant information that still answers the question but gives us what we kind of needed from somebody asking a question even though he's probably giving more information than the question asked for but um jordan is really good i i do really like jordan she does a great job gary's really good um i'm trying to think of who else is in, even in there usually um yeah i would, I would stick with those two because there's a lot there were some questions where i was like yo <laughs> It's like, unmike these reporters. That was so dumb. <laughs> and I don't remember what the question was or anything, but, and that was a while ago now, but it was like, who, a who asked that? Give me names. Like, <laughs> I'm going to hit to X and uh, harass these people. I didn't do that, obviously. That's stupid, but. And then uh, next one here from Payo Time. Uh, think back to 2016 when the Rams fired Fisher. Were you one of the Rams fans who wanted Sneed gone also? And how happy are you that Sneed was not fired? I was never on the Sneed, uh, get like fire Sneed train for sure. I've always been a really big fan of Les Sneed. I thought that he has always done such a great job. Uh, so when the Rams did have that, um, ha have that, uh, the, you know, the turnover there, I was really excited to see, uh, Les stay. And the fact that, uh, that Les Sneed and Sean McVay work so well together. I think that that's so underrated to have like a really good relationship between your GM and head coach in a, in a relationship, not where they just get along, but the fact that they like that Les Snead will draft to help Sean McVay's scheme. And we see that with like a Puka Nakua, how we literally heard that they wanted somebody like a Robert Woods. And we got somebody who like, dare I say, might be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know, it's, it's only rookie season. So I'm not going to say that like he is for sure or already or not, but like, he might be, he really might be. And to say that he's not just because he's so young, I think is also uh, just like kind of putting a, a weird little bow on that that we don't really need. So uh, it's, it's definitely possible, but that's just my, my perfect example of like Les Need and Sean McVay working so well together that Les goes and gets a guy like that. 
and then Sean knows exactly how to use him because that kind of player is exactly what Sean uses in his offense. It was absolutely flawless. So love to see stuff like that for sure. Next one here come from Tyler over on Facebook. How well do you see Wentz performing? And how fast in the game do you see Puka breaking both records? How well do I see Wentz performing? That is extremely up in the air. I have zero expectations, and that's positive or negative. I don't know what to expect out of Carson Wentz. He hasn't played good football in like six years. He also hasn't thrown a pass this year. So it's there's no telling. He might go off and might go, might look great, but that also doesn't tell us that like, oh man, he should be our starter in the future. Like, no, because... Who, no one has tape on him in a Sean McVay offense. We don't know what he's going to be looking at, what his reads are going to look like, stuff like that. So even if he does go off, there's going to be an overreaction from Rams fans who are like, we, maybe we need to start him. And it's like, no, we have a Hall of Fame quarterback that we should definitely just go ahead and stick with, I think. But also, if he does poorly, I, I, I don't want to say that I expect him to play poorly because, like I said, I don't really have any expectations, but I am tempering my expectations as far as, like, in-game goes. Um, to... Kind of move on from that question and answer your second part here. Uh, how fast do I see Puka break, breaking both records? I see him doing it in the first half. Um, and I think it, it there, there will be plays designed for him. Like if he's getting close to the record and the Rams want to pull him off, like say he got the yards record and he needs one more catch to break the, the receptions record, hit him on a screen, get him out of the game kind of thing. I totally expect that to be a thing, that they'll try to get him the record. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But ultimately, I do think that the Rams will make an effort to uh, get him the football and uh, get him to break those records. Next couple here come from Cody. Uh, after missing games this season and still having such a great career, how important for our offense is Kyron moving forward? And how good do you think he can be? That second part of the question, I don't really know how to answer. How good do I think he can be? He's already pretty damn good. He's like one of the best backs in the league right now. So as far as like overall, I don't know. Man. I like we just, uh, Consistency is, is going to be key there, but... Uh, how important is he? He's clearly extremely important. When we have a very good running back, uh, a running back who can take bad blocking plays and make positive yards out of them, which is something that we saw from Todd Gurley, uh, the entire offense is dramatically different. And Kyron is such a good, talented running back that uh, luckily we are able to run our offense when he's on the field to kind of close to what it feels like its maximum capacity is. I still think that Todd Gurley, ultimately more talented, more just a baseline talent than Kyron Williams. But if Kyron Williams can have more longevity, then I say that's a better better run than Gurley, um, even though Gurley had some of the most, like, some of the most exciting rushing seasons or seasons just for a running back in Rams history, which this franchise has seen some sick ones. So <laughs> that's pretty cool stuff. Um, next one here from Cody. Uh, what would you think if we told you in 2019 that Carson Wentz would be the starting quarterback for the Rams in 2024? In 2019, I'd be I'd be so mad because Carson Wentz hasn't been good since 2016. <laughs> or it was 17 was his last good one. So, yeah, I'd be mad. Um, but also, it's like the only reason that I'm like, because like, first of all, I don't need to be OK or not OK with this because it's not my decision. But at the same time, uh, the only reason that I'm like not stressed about it or not like whatever, like it's just kind of like. I'd rather obviously see Stafford, even considering the circumstances. But the reason that I'm not like mad about this or anything like that is because, I mean, the situation that we're in, we we're going to the playoffs. Seeding is ultimately not really relevant right now, especially considering the fact that we don't have, we don't know who the two or three is. Um, so it, it doesn't even matter. Like we can't even play for matchups or anything like that. So it's like, yeah, let's see what he's got. Let's see what he can do. And if, you know, if something were to happen to Stafford or maybe this is just his audition to be QB two next year for us. 
because I don't think he's a starter. So like maybe he does good enough in this game where it's like, you know what, maybe we should just have him on the bench behind Stafford, you know, like uh, be all right, you know, so that's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, do you have seed preference? Uh, I would definitely hope for the six seed. Oh, that kind of ties into what I was talking about. Uh, I don't in simply because we don't know who the second or third seed is. And it's between three different teams right now. So uh, that is literally why I don't care. Um, because to think that um, that the Packers or Seahawks or um, I, I think there's a couple other options uh, potentially getting in there. Like whoever gets the seven seed, I don't like or or six, whatever it like happens to be with it. Like whoever's the other wild card that's not the Rams or loser of the NFC East, I don't think that they get past the first round because. Um, that, uh, those, those teams are good, man. The, like, it'll be what the Cowboys, the Eagles or the, or the, um, the Lions. I think all those teams would beat the Packers or the Seahawks. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I, no, it doesn't really matter to me at all. To answer your question, um, if we were playing for matchup, like if we knew for sure that Detroit was the three seed, then yeah, I'd want the six, but we don't have that information. So it actually might work out if we dropped. Cause like, what if Detroit loses and falls to the three? And or the uh, or what or no, what if they win and they go up to the two and then the Rams, you know, fall down to the seven and we still get that matchup that we want. So, I mean, it, it sucks that we got to play on the road, but I doubt we'll get another home game no matter what uh, being a six or a seven. So unless like <laughs> the seven goes on a run, you know what I mean? But um, to, to bank on another home game, I'm not really doing that at all. So, no, I don't really care. Uh, next one here come from Gary says, uh, Sheriff Joe, thanks for all your hard work putting uh, the shows together. I feel like this is this sounds like a comment that I wrote myself. And it was like, I'm going to make up a name, but <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Says, uh, living in Ohio, we don't get much uh, Rams news here. Uh, dude, I appreciate that. I mean, happy New Year to you as well, man. And uh, I appreciate the kind words, man. I do appreciate that a lot because, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. I'm sitting here in my living room by myself and uh, just chatting Rams. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to know that, uh, that uh, it's, it is appreciated, uh, that uh, these, these words fall out of my face and uh, they get sucked into your ear holes in, uh, in a positive way. So <laughs> that's good. Try to put that in the weirdest way possible. I think I succeeded. Next one here is coming from Mark. Uh, it says, seems like we're going to rest most of our starters based on when starting. If you were the coach, would you play the starters or play the backups? I'd play the starters for the first half and then pull them out. Um, but I would get them in there. Um, I, I also wouldn't want a backup. Like I wouldn't play once the whole game. That's just me. But I'm also not an NFL coach. So um, I, I, I mean, I trust that Sean McVay has enough experience and knows what he's doing enough with his own players and in how they're feeling and conversations he's had with with those guys uh, to to know that he's making the right decision. But if I'm the coach, I want to I want my guys to play. And like, it's like the 49ers right now sitting a bunch of guys. Now those guys are going to have like three weeks before game or between games. And that's too much time for me. I would be very nervous about that. So that's also a reason I don't want a first round buy. Like take the first seed. I'll take second seed all day, every day, dude, because I want to keep playing. I don't want to like, I don't realize people are like, well, what about injuries? So like, it's football. People get hurt. That's, that, that's the thing. I'm not rooting for injuries. I don't cheer for injuries. I don't hope for injuries to happen, anything like that. But it's a pretty violent football game. Like football is extreme. It's, I, I say that a lot. It's not just a physical sport. It's a violent sport. People are using their bodies as weapons out here. And so, yeah, people are going to get hurt. And that's just part of it. That's just part of the game. You just got to deal with that. But uh, I would play the starters for the first half, get them out there, try to jump out, get a lead, stuff like that. And then just like put them down. Who cares? That's yeah. At that point. But also this game doesn't really 
I hate to say that like a like a regular season game against our biggest rival doesn't matter, but like we kind of ruined it last week. You know what I mean? Good thing there's an extra game every year. Jeez. <laughs> uh, next one here coming from uh, the longest name of all time. Uh, it says uh, highest upside long term Turner or Young. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm gonna say, dude. I'm gonna say Turner. Because Turner is unbelievable. And I realize that Byron Young is really good too, but there's something about Turner's play style that just feels like it can not only get better, but that it's more consistent. Like he's just so good so much of the time. And yeah, I don't know, man. There's something about the way, the way Turner uses his leverage, the way that he gets off blocks, like that seems so like like that see this seems like something that can have some longevity. His play style feels like it has longevity. Edge rushers, I don't know really what to think of edge rushers. It's very hard for me to um, kind of analyze edge rushers because that position is just a weird one to analyze. And I got to be honest here, and this might sound ridiculous, but I've been so used to the Rams running a 4-3 in my coverage of them that ever since Wade Phillips showed up and switched us to a 3-4, I still struggle with like understanding what makes a really good outside linebacker a really good outside linebacker. So there's that part too. I, just, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I know bend for sure. Like the, the ability to, to bend and not get totally just blown out of the play. But yeah, that's there's so much to it. And uh, next one here from Gary. In the beginning of the season, it was stated that Matt could not connect with, with the rookies. Uh, interested to see what you have to say about this. I kind of always felt like that was uh, blown out of proportion. I think that Matthew Stafford was mentioning, because uh, in the press conference, it was one, one quote, like it was one line that he was like, oh yeah, it's a, you know, it's like, it's a different world, man. Like they're, they're, it's a different generation or whatever. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of something different. This was, this was uh, Kelly Stafford that talked about that on her podcast. And yeah, I, I do think it was blown out of proportion like crazy. Matthew Stafford is still a football player who is in locker rooms every week. Age gaps, sure, it exists, but he's one of the guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he walks in there and has no idea or no one's talking to him or anything like that. Like, he is a leader of this team. And to say that he's not connecting with this team, I think that was probably one of those things where, like, I never know what the, what the hell these kids are talking about. Because they are in a different generation than Matthew Stafford, you know what I mean? So I think that that story was blown completely out of proportion, I'll be honest with you. But I said that initially. I said that as soon as that happened. I was like, I don't think this is actually real things, like, that we need to concern ourselves with uh next one here from gary should the rams arrest puka or get him the records will he win rookie of the year absolutely you should get him the records um that's uh that's it's a cool thing and uh, like it's one thing to be like hey, we just want you healthy for the playoffs man but it's also like what 29 yards and four catches like it's like <laughs> just go get it man go get one quarter let's go let's go get it and then sit down you know something like that um but does he win rookie of the year i really do think so i think that um that what CJ Stroud is doing is impressive. It's awesome, but it's it's something we've seen before. Um, so it's not very overly exciting, I suppose. What Puka Nakua is doing is historically great. He's having a historically great season for a rookie wide receiver. What CJ Stroud is doing is just having a good season for a quarterback. That's impressive, yes, but not to the same level of what Puka Nakua is doing. Not by a long shot. Last one here coming from Gary is uh, who would you want to face in the playoffs? Lions, Cowboys, Eagles. I'm hoping for Detroit. It's a four-hour drive. Ooh, dude, that'd be so sick. I've been hearing, though, that, um, that they're already 
selling tickets, I think, like that. And they're going for so much money. So that's a tough one, man, for sure. But um, if I'm going to say uh, between Detroit, Dallas, and Philly, I definitely want Detroit. Storyline-wise alone, uh, Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff, his, Matthew Stafford's first game back in Detroit, it being a playoff game, his first playoff game in Detroit being a, an opponent, I think is crazy awesome. Um, and then you also get the, the Jared Goff versus Sean McVay stuff. You get Josh Reynolds playing his former team. You get Brad Holmes, the GM of the Lions, stuff like that. I get my buddy Kurt that we'll definitely get some uh, some sick content with. Um, with if uh, if that matchup does happen, he's a big big Lions fan and one of the good homies. So yeah, that would absolutely be awesome as well. But yeah, so I would want Detroit for sure. But I would love another crack at Dallas, and I would love another crack at Philly because when we played those teams, we are we were not as good as we are today. So I definitely want to, uh, to get another shot at those guys for sure. There's a lot of teams I'd like to get another shot at, to be completely honest. Um, but that is going to do it uh, for me and our fan casos. Again, if you would like to drop yours, uh, just make sure you follow Ramp Showcase on socials. Uh, Facebook, uh, the YouTube channel, that's where the casos post is posted, but you can always ask casos wherever you happen to be, so that's totally okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that is going to do it for me. We have one more game of the regular season, but luckily the Rams are not done yet, and uh, we'll be continuing on after this week, and uh, we'll know our opponent, of course, after Sunday. So... Uh, it'll be after after the Rams game, uh, we should know uh, the whole seating and all that stuff pretty quick. So um, that's going to be fun, man. We got the 49ers this week. Hopefully we can get away with a win. Uh, but if we don't, uh, really not the end of the world because uh, we are going to continue playing no matter what, which is really good news. To, to be able to lock up uh, going to the playoffs before <laughs> before uh, we needed to, I guess, or before we before like the, the you know week 18 is really nice. So I'll take that for sure. For sure. All right, that is going to do it for me. Make sure you follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. At Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan-sided network, and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening. Go Rams! Go Rams!